This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Barnabas Piper talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Books and podcasts are always best with a great cup of coffee. That's why we've partnered with Ligaris Roasters to create the Table of Malcontents blend. And guys, it's delicious. A smooth Brazilian roast that will make your heart happy. Head over to LagarisRoasters.com to order a bag or 12 today. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron, and with me again is Dave. Dave, you're back from vacation, or were you just working in your office? Dude, I was totally on vacation. All no. right? I didn't just send you like travel agency <laughs> photos like you guys were referring to. I was on legitimate vacation. Thank you at the Redneck Riviera. Thank you again. Good, good. It was lovely. Um, and I was near where the Truman Show was filmed, near oh, Seaside. Oh, interesting. You guys, have you guys ever been there? No, never no, been. never been. It's it's really cool and really creepy all at the same time. So um, yeah. Seaside, Florida. There you go. There you go. There you go. So, well, you know. I was I was doing stuff. I was reading books. Good, yeah, good. Well, I was gonna say you look uh, you look very rested. You look very you look very tanned. You <laughs> are still making us uncomfortable because this room is really hot. It is, man. I'm just wearing a towel again. <laughs> <laughs> just 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 a towel. It's just you know this is what lunchtime hour at Lifeway. Yeah, I mean, something this is like that. Apparently, what happens? So. It's always it's always lunchtime somewhere here. <laughs> is that how it goes? I don't know. All right. I don't want to know. We're going to yeah. get in trouble with HR soon. Yeah. So we got to be careful. I'm amazed we haven't yet. <laughs> but we're here, so that's good. That's right. right. That's right. All well, right. we well the one guy who would have gotten us in trouble, he he left Lifeway. So. He did leave us. Yeah, it's he fine. did. And well, so this is payback for the past two weeks. Really, you jerks like podcasting without me i mean this is like podcast cheating it's really weird but that's okay <laughs> i really was like we're trying to find dates in the calendar to to all meet up barnabas is i can't tell if it's easier now scheduling or not but nevertheless it's I was a little on va- bit easier i was on vacation you guys like put something on the calendar i'm like oh so it's gonna be like that all right when i'm on vacation in florida i mean really well, look, all right. we didn't have a choice we wanted an episode this week we did need to have an episode that's so right. that's a good point all right there's some necessity i'll let yeah, this fly absolutely all right you no know, it but, wasn't it wasn't just that it gave us an opportunity to make fun of you behind your back yeah, yeah i see how it but, is uh, all right but don't worry it's all stuff we say to your face anyway <laughs> okay yeah, that's right. Okay. But um, in Barnabas's seat, we have a special guest. Mm, yeah, yes. so he's he, we we need someone to fill in the snark. That's right. So and you know this is a tricast after all. Absolutely. So we're gonna which make is it as weird. weird as it sounds. It is absolutely weird. No, you know what was weird was your coffee conversation two episodes ago. Well, that was you know. like. A whole nother level of discomfort <laughs> for me, you know, which that takes a lot. You know, when you guys are talking about your your love of coffee and what was the words you used? Uh, I can't loving remember. yourself appropriately. Loving yourself yes. appropriately, which I mean. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Enough said. Enough yep. said. Yeah. <laughs> enough said. Yeah. So uh, we have Nick well, Reinerson well, with us today who well, but before we did get... not love himself appropriately today. <laughs> Are you you drank some bad coffee today, Nick? Uh, no, I had pretty good coffee today. Oh, that's good. So you you did love yeah, yourself it was, appropriately. It was fine. Well done. I mean, it was, it's Nashville. Coffee's oh, okay. good here. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, they're all big on coffee. Also, who goes to Florida, Dave? What a terrible place. Sorry, any Florida listeners? You, all right. So but have Aaron, you been to Florida? Have you I, seen Florida? I have been. I, I've been to Florida many times. All right. And now that Aaron is uh, is over forty, 
and he is still Canadian. I don't know. True. I don't know if you lose that at all, but uh, you're still no, Canadian. No, but all the Canadians I, when I when I used to, my sister used to live in Fort Lauderdale, and tons of Canadians, especially French Canadians. Oh yes, and old man French Canadians who uh, like only wearing speedos. Yeah, which, the more French which, you are, the less clothes so you, you wear. You mean at the they beach. would be a good co-host on this <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I don't know. They may like coffee as much as you guys do. All right. So. <laughs> well, look, look, I, I mean, listen, when you've got a good cup of Ligaris Roasters Table oh. of Malcontents blend, mm. you cannot go wrong. Mm. Work that in. That's right. Work it in. That's yeah, right. Just work it in. I like that. I like that. You know, that's, that's, that's what you do Very when natural. you are skilled at marketing <laughs> or something. Something. I don't, know. I don't know. Oh well. Hector's gonna be like Hector's like why why am I partnering with these clients? I don't know. Uh, Nick, are you regretting this yet? No, a little. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I get All right. That. All right. All right. We need that. snark. We need more weirdness. Apparently, because we got to fill in for Barnabas. <laughs> no, we got so. enough weirdness right now. Yeah. Let's, okay. Let's, let's let's dial that back. Yeah. I feel like I'm talking so much because like Barnabas dominates most of the time. So I mean, this is this is this is rare. This is true. This is you are you are speaking your mind. You're in a safe place. I'm in a safe place for right. you. Well, Barnabas is not going to listen to this. So he's never going to know. Well, that's so. true. Barnabas doesn't listen to anything. <laughs> Should we talk about how not funny he is on the internet then? <laughs> he's so not funny Ooh. on the internet. No, I'm just kidding. He's pretty funny on the internet. Yeah, that's the thing. That, that's that's the, problem. the problem is that he actually he, is funny. And so, you know, it's it's. I wish he wasn't funny. Cause well, well he got his sense of humor from his mom. So yeah. so that's good. But Who's his dad again? Uh, I don't know. He's some, know, he's some guy. Some guy. Some guy. He's short. What's he's, funny about Barnabas is written that a bunch of books. I hear like whenever I see him tweet something and it's snarky, it's it's funny. So I hear him saying it, which makes it funnier to me. Yes, you know. So I wonder, someone who's never heard him before, is it funny just reading it? I don't know. That's a good question because I mean, I can so much him. of humor is communicated in tone. I I knew but. I knew Barnabas. Internet Barnabas before I knew person Barnabas. Okay, and he, <laughs> he I thought he was pretty funny. Okay, there you I go. mean, I he was fine. All right. It it adds his fine. His, his Barnabas, you were just fine. He was great. He was great. I, I have nothing yeah. to say. That's it, a very Midwestern uh, yeah. response. I'm very Midwestern. I know. I, you're, not, you're not only from the Midwest. You're from Illinois. Illinois, but even more specifically, Bloomington, Illinois. And oh. then we'll get into where's your office. It's like it's the heart of darkness. It's, yeah, I know. Yeah. But wow. is the, the office is in Bloomington or is it normal? It's though? Bloomington. It's in Bloomington. That's it's in right. Bloomington. I was born in Normal, which normal. is the sister city of yes, Bloomington. Yes, thank you. But normal, normal Illinois. I normal love the fact Illinois. that there's an, a place called normal. It is. Yes. It is. So is like everything just kind of beige? Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. Okay. But that's not why it's called normal. So it's okay. actually called normal because in, you know, the 1800s or whatever, when the university was founded there, it was a teaching college. And teaching colleges in old-timey days were called normal universities. Ah. So they just got lazy and named the town normal. Got it. I don't know. Like, what a terrible way to name a town. Like, oh, there's a yeah. college. That, it's like, you know, calling something medical school Oklahoma. Like, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> but actually, there's no, nobody goes to medical school, medical school in Oklahoma. Flushing. So never mind. Flushing. That's true. Flushing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Flushing, New York. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, well. That's right. I like it. No, I have been to Normal and Bloomington before. Yeah. yeah they're it fine, was right? Very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah. 
A lot of, lot of planes. A lot of, yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of corn, a lot of soybeans. Yeah. A lot of corn, a lot yep. of soybeans, a lot of big ag, big yes. agriculture. Oh, there. man, yeah, that's right. Big so, agribusiness. Pretty good go. place to be from. So yeah, Andrew Osenga's from there originally. Mm-hmm. We had mm-hmm. Andrew on a few weeks ago. So Shout out yeah. to his brother, Robbie. He's a buddy. He's a good dude. All right, excellent. The family's I, keeping it real go. there <laughs> still. Okay, there very nice. Very okay. Nice. Oh, well. Well, Nick, Nick is in town right now, so we want to make sure we could have him on the podcast because – one thing in the past, I was telling Aaron, I said we would always have conversations on is our love for Wendell Berry. Yeah. And uh, we're pretty sure I, – I remember Barnabas saying he's just not into Wendell Berry, which sounds like something Barnabas would oh, absolutely. say. absolutely. Yeah. Barnabas is as – you, as you guys know, Barnabas loves to complain about people making – Simple binary choices. Either something is good or bad. <laughs> and yet whenever it comes to something he likes, it's all about the simple binary choice. So Barnabas is kind of non-binary then. <laughs> we could say that. <laughs> can I go there? We can you edit just that did. out. We can edit that you out. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we love him for it. But yeah. Wendell Berry is one of those to where I would kind of always look at and say, there's a few people I really respected um, online who read a lot of books, all love Wendell Berry. And I, more out of curiosity, probably five, six years ago, started reading, I mean, I read mm-hmm. Jaber Crow, which is the, which is what most people recommend starting with, right? And see, I um, started with Hannah Coulter, and, which, and that was it. <laughs> is that all you've read? That's actually that's all, all I've read, read of yeah. Wendell Berry. Okay. All right. Aside from like some selected essays and, and yeah. things like that have popped up. Okay. All right. Um, so we need to to help Aaron figure out what's what's next. All right. He's good he's good at accepting a book challenge. So always. I mean he endured <laughs> Bull Meacham for a I did for an episode I did that, and it, a lot of that that was probably the that book probably took you the longest to read of all the books you've had to I think of ever since we've been doing this uh-huh. show, um I've spent a good quarter of our run trying to finish that book. Oof. And it's not because it's not a brilliant book. It's it's like Pat Conroy is amazing. And listeners, just go back and listen, yeah, a good listen for a couple episodes. As much as I hated missing that episode, but it is a really good one just because yeah. Pat Conroy is amazing. And yeah. it's worth figuring out kind of what you need to start with. But yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah. Nevertheless, uh, and Pat Conroy is always on a, on a list of somebody's too. Like you got to read Pat Conroy to oh, understand for sure. the low country and, and so on. Yeah, and that I want to get his cookbook. That's right, what I'm actually after. Go get that next. cookbook, man. I it's like $8. Right I don't now. think you're going to find that at McKay. No, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and just get it from Amazon. Whoa. Wow. Because it's $8 on Amazon. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. For a four yeah. color cookbook. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. I love how this is where this is gone. All right. Absolutely. Pat Conroy's we cookbook. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm yeah. waiting. I don't even That's know. That's right. I'm yeah. biding my time. That's when, right. We're, like we're talking Wendell Berry, though. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Wendell Berry. Uh, is he the Midwestern version of Pat Conroy? He's is from that Kentucky. There we go. Yeah. He's like, um, okay, there you go. Yeah, no, no, no. I want to hear Nick kind of give Prince of Tides. Nick, I'm going to let you talk. I want you to describe Wendell Berry. Um, and again, like I've now read five or six books and I have thoroughly enjoyed them all in different ways. And, um, but I want to hear you. I want to hear you. Cause when I met, when I met you, like right away, I like you lit up when you were talking about Wendell Berry. Like, I'm, I'm Googling Pat Conroy. 
Oh, you are? You're Googling Pat Conroy? <laughs> That's what this has come to? This is really? good radio. Googling is, is he was married three times. The best. First marriage was to Barbara Jones, October 10th. That's a good day. That's, That's my birthday. Really on the 8th. Anyway, okay. Um, you have to accept most writers, their personal life is just a mess. It's a disaster. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the totally ones understand. who write about the hardest subjects Which sometimes. I think is valid. I think it's totally valid. I get yeah. that. I think, yeah. I think I it kind of comes with the territory. Does that mean that I'm never going to be a good writer because my my – like a great writer because my personal life be is in a, a hot face. For now. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for now. It's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Give and take. Well, Wendell, go. Wendell Berry, going back full circle, his his personal life seems like it's doing all right. He's been oh. married for like 60 million years and I think he's 85, so he's been married for like 60 years. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So he's he's an exception. He's there you go. a very go. talented writer. So you can have a good personal life and be a good writer. Oh, good. I'm sure there are some. There are like oh, four good. of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. How was right. how's Conrad? How was his life? Was he okay? Uh, Joseph Pol- Conrad? Yeah. He was Polish. He's Polish English. He loved being English. Isn't that amazing though. that he mm. wrote such great novels in English as a second language? I I never thought it's funny, I didn't know until I started looking at him like, oh gosh, he's Polish. He's yeah. not even yeah. <laughs> Fully Polish. Yeah. And he wrote in English. Aaron loves Heart of Darkness. You don't like Heart of Darkness? I don't. Come on, man. You ever I seen don't. Apocalypse Now? No, I didn't like it. <gasps> Which version did you see? Did you see the two and a half hour, the three hour, the three and a half hour? Oh, the I don't hour, even the know. The nine hour? The director's cut? The extended director's cut? Yeah, there's, there's they so keep releasing they new keep versions going. and it gets right. weirder and weirder. That's, that's the thing. It's like how many different versions, just like how there's so many different versions of Blade Runner. Why? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. There's somebody whose life was a mess. Philip K. Dick. Yep. Oof. Rough. Yep. Oh, Good writer, wrote, though. Really? He wrote um, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is what Blade Runner's raced on. All right, that on. was the nerdiest thing since Aaron everybody knows Philip K. Dick I know. <laughs> wrote I'm just do Android stream of electric he so wrote a she, lot of weird stuff very weird so movie. and all of the movies that they try to make out of his stuff don't, you can't you can't turn it into a that's movie. the thing they're unfilmable yeah like, that's a man in the high castle is a great example of that which I think they did a good job making an interesting story yeah but I think they kind of had to say like look we can't film Philip K. Dick we just got to do our own thing with his characters but I just read that on vacation yeah recently and it was it was really well done Really good. Yeah. All right, Wendell Berry, though. Wendell Berry, yeah. yeah. Let, let's hear. So he's been married for 60 years. He lives in northern Kentucky in between Louisville and Cincinnati, right? Yeah. Along the Ohio River. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, like, get that landscape in your head. It's beautiful. Rolling mm-hmm. hills. Mm-hmm. Small tobacco farms. Kind of country life. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, you want me to talk about Wendell Berry? Yeah. Talk I want to give us a little Wendell, Wendell Berry. Let's talk Wendell Berry. Yes, why should someone... Yeah. How about I? How about I start with how I sure like where I came from with Wendell Berry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I as a kid did not like going outside mm. um, because there are things outside like bugs and mm-hmm. humidity and like why would you like why would you be inside when there's no TVs outside? There's no air conditioning outside. Um, you could have a book outside, but like it just makes it worse. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I I was not an outdoorsy kid. I am not a farm-oriented kid. I grew up in a town, mm-hmm. very much in the town. Um, and uh, so fast forward to later in my life, I'm, I don't know, 23, 24. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to read. I read a lot. Um, somebody had recommended me. Um, and at the time, I, I'm, I'm not reading anything. I can't read. I can't do Christian books. That's another story. That's another podcast. Mm. Um, but uh, <laughs> we'll get there. So I'm like, I want I want something to read that's going to be like meaningful, that's going to be spiritually substantial, but 
I, I need something kind of alternative, you know? Sure. And, and so somebody was like, I don't even remember who. I was like, hey, have you heard of Wendell Berry? I'm like, yeah, I think I've heard of him. You know, the name pops up and, mm-hmm. you know, people talking about him and stuff. So, but I, um, in like 2016 or something, I don't even remember, I, I grabbed Jaber Crow and read it on a vacation. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I read most of it on a vacation. And then um, I had to travel for work like the next week. And I finished the book on an airplane. Mm. And... I don't know if you ever watch movies or read on an airplane, but you know how you get kind of weepy? I, I like, I wept like, like loudly mm. on an airplane finishing this book. Did you ugly cry? <laughs> I on ugly an cried wow. in an aisle seat. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, you couldn't even hide in and the window. And it wasn't just because they, and it wasn't just because they hit your arm with the, no, with the no, cart. No, I had okay. cried, I had cried about that before, but okay. this was like, it was about the book. And I think. What he did, it was a slow burn for me, really, really getting it. But something when I finished that book was like, this guy has painted a vision of the good life. Like mm-hmm. he gets in a lot of like the heart of humanity, the good heart of humanity, really, really right. Mm-hmm. So I I just, I went on, a, I, I went down the rabbit hole and I read all of his, so he's, he's written um, a lot of poetry, a lot of essays, and a lot of fiction. Mm-hmm. All of his fiction, short stories and novels, take place in a fictional community called Port William. Yes. And so I read everything he wrote, every word he wrote about Port William twice in a year. And I just, I just resonated with, and it takes place between like the 1860s and now-ish. Yeah. Um, and I just really resonated with this vision of, of community, of small scale um, life a really he, he lives a really small scale life he lives a tiny life like he doesn't have these grand visions for scaling his operation he um, values things that are non-monetary he sees the monetary he sees the, the the natural world the real world the world we live in you know the world we kind of engage in outside of church time as like the real sacred meaningful place so that's kind of how I like Blew into Wendell Berry. And so who this guy is, is he's he's an 85-year-old um, author, really well-read, really or really well-educated, um, went to NYU, taught at NYU, went to Stanford, University of Kentucky, got a MacArthur Genius Scholarship back in the 60s, went and traveled all around the world, taught in New York City. Um, and then when he was like, and this is like his, that's what he did in his 20s, you know, yeah. um, and 30s. And he decided to give all of it up and move back to um, a small town in Kentucky where he was from and buy a little farm and continue to write books, but also just farm the mm-hmm. land. Um, and so he he's just this sort of countercultural guy who when everything was going big, everything was going industrial, companies were getting big, people were making lots of money, farms were getting big tractors, he, uh, he opted out of this life in yeah. favor of something that was – older and different and um and so he spends a lot of his writing um pontificating exploring small earthly things and uh pushing back against the idea that you need to scale everything and be extremely successful to be happy so yeah so this guy really just i mean man he hit me in my my john mayer would call quarter life crisis you know he hit Mm. me in that time where i'm figuring out like what does it look like to be a person to be Dad, I have two kids. I had I was like a teen dad, not really. I, were, I was twenty. I was twenty three, but I felt like a teen. Yeah. Um, but I had I had two kids, and I was just figuring out like, what does it look like to raise these kids and live a life and work a job and 
be a person, you know, and so um, and and be an artist and be a creator and and um, and so. Yeah, Wendell Berry really really spoke to me in that. I don't know. That's not even a good. That's that you're just getting my you're getting my like stream of consciousness on who he is. I mean, go read Wikipedia. I don't need to tell you about him. Um, <laughs> Wendell Berry. It's not that hard. Just W E N D E L L B E R R Y in in your phone. Um, but yeah, besides who he is and everything you'll see on his Wikipedia page, he's a um, his writing is it really helped me see uh, as I was really I mean I'm personally like figuring out like what I believed about God and what I believed about the world. Um, and help me see the world as a place that um, is full of really beautiful, sacred things. And so, yeah, Wendell Berry, mm-hmm. yeah, he's all right. He's fine. He's good. He's good. <laughs> there we go. One thing I uh, I didn't – I intentionally did not mention kind of what Nick does at first because I first wanted you hear kind of where his heart is. But also there's an irony that, Nick, you're our chief strategy officer. Creative right? officer. Creative, creative officer at the Useful Group. And he's one of the best digital marketers that I know. Um, you live in the online world while at the same time you're going through this process of like, okay, not everything that we desire is is going to be there. Like at the end of the day, we're human beings who need to have an understanding of nature, understanding of beauty. Um, and that's what I think is is great because like when I kind of take you off the online world for a second, like that's this that's the, the real Nick, not that the online one isn't, but mm-hmm. also a book like what Wendell Berry would write – gets more down to like the the core of of humanity of who than you are. anything else yes which yeah and, and you can see the pain in my eyes as you're saying that like there i mean I, I i love what i get to do for a living i like to I, you know i work a lot with lifeway i work with a lot of other um clients i worked at a, a very large insurance company doing that for a while i had a lot of fun like there's a lot of great things i spend a lot of time online my phone is full of meme screenshots um but yeah, there's something about it that really. Oh, I, I got some good ones. I don't think it'll communicate as well on a podcast. But no. I, I would sit here and read you memes right now if you wanted me to. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there's something really to sustain that work and to sustain that work ethically because it's not traditionally known as a super ethical field. Yeah. Um, I need. I needed. I needed that sort of counterweight, you know. And uh, and Wendell Berry's been a big counterweight for me for the last couple of years. Mm, of yeah. Like. My life, yeah, nice. and and not just Wendell Berry himself. I you know I don't I don't follow him around, stalk him. Although if you're listening, Wendell Berry, I would love to meet you. Um, I'll give you my address. Just just have your people talk to my people. But um, mm. I've heard he opens up his home on like Sunday afternoons and stuff like sure, that. To people sure to drop by, you just need to drive up. Yeah, I'm sure he That's does. Right. Yeah. I, but I don't want to like get arrested for stalking Wendell Berry. <laughs> so like it's a like I don't know how yeah. I know That's admirable. I yeah. appreciate that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we. Uh, uh, it's in Andrew Peterson's new book coming out with us called Adorning the Dark, but he describes, I think I texted you. Yeah, I texted you kind of what happens, but he, uh, um, Andrew Peterson described, who's a big fan of Wendell Berry's, which, you know, if you know Andrew Peterson, Andrew Peterson is a, uh, another hobbit as well. And he, I mean, literally when we were filming at his house, you know, and drive up and there he is working the land, you know, I mean, he's working, creating a retaining wall or something, <laughs> but here's a guy yeah. who writes for a living songs and books and, uh, he needs to do something physical in his, you know, his yard, just like anyone, but also it's just funny. But, but he, uh, he said one time he went up to, um, uh, up to meet Wendell Berry and, um, he was kind of expressing this yearning. This is Wendell Berry and his wife. I can't remember her name, but uh, but he expressed this desire to have this kind of to have this kind of place to go to to create. 
And kind of like what you see in the Port William membership that he writes about in his books. And it's funny because Wendell Berry is like looking at him and then his wife uh, speaks up and says, oh, no, you're not one of those, are you? You know, who's like here to, <laughs> here to figure out like what, uh, you know, how to have this, like this is perfection. And and I'm paraphrasing, certainly read the book to do it. But, you know, Wendell Berry just says, listen, like you – you need to find your community where you are and what that looks like. It doesn't mean you've got to go get this farm out in the middle of nowhere and this and that for him. That's kind of what it, if, if you read his journey, you get an understanding of like why it's so on that for him. But, you know, Andrew Peterson also, he's got a place that kind of looks like it's in the country, but the reality is still in the middle of Nashville and uh, it's a beautiful, you know, place, but, but, you know, he's also written books of his at Starbucks and stuff like yeah. that. So the point is, you've got to find your community yeah. in, in a variety of different places. And it's but. so complicated, right? Like, I mean, Wendell Berry, a lot of his his essays are exhausting to read. They're incredible, but they're exhausting because they're just these these treatises that sort of like unpack how we got to where we're at yeah. societally and mod- like in modern world of, of, of industrialism and, you know, just the ethics of everything we do. And so you... It can be paralyzed. You're like, what do what do I do? I I live like there are so many box stores and chain restaurants in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. Like it's where they all come. Like it's where they're from. It's like when you, you know, if a if a IHOP burns down, it respawns in Bloomington, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I have to deal with it. Like, what do I do? I live in you know what, you know, a house built in the like 1990s that looks like a box, like every other house, you yeah. know, and like, but. I've I've kind of had to be like okay like I'm just gonna make a giant garden here and like I'm just gonna I'm gonna try and do it here but it, but it's not like it's hard right because and I, I think Wendell Berry gets that and that's so interesting when you read his writing particularly his fiction he's not a guy who goes this is a hundred percent how it needs to be right he shows the messiness so I'm gonna speak directly to Barnabas for a second Barnabas hi Barnabas how you doing hope your new job's going well um, Wendell Berry is not binary he is. Like you, non-binary. And there is something so nuanced about what he talks about. But I think what it is is he uses these real situations that can look binary to to talk about really deep underpinning ideas um, of community and place that I think don't necessarily have to be binary and they don't have to be rural and they don't have to be, you know, like and they're not just for white conservative people, you know, like there are a lot of things he can apply that can apply to – you know, and that he that he can talk about like the way he looks at justice and the way he looks at racial relations. There's there's nuance, and uh, you know, I, I think he he lives in a context that's rural Kentucky, but I think the things he pulls out of that uh, Barnabas can really <laughs> apply well beyond the examples that he gives Barnabas. Okay, I'll talk to you later, man. Um, I'm going to go back and talk to Aaron and Dave. <laughs> this is really fun to watch, by the way, as yes. opposed to just listening to Nick. Just seeing your yes. mind like... We really should be recording this. Wow, I mean, man. It's a I scary know. place. Yeah. I got that look in my eye. I got the look. Well, oh, I love it. That's, all right. that's great. That's all right. Well, I mean, there's something that is... I mean, because you're... Just thinking about your your wrestling with this, like everything um, that that a lot of a lot of what you've said, uh, Wendell Berry's work speaks to you about. Um, one of the things I that I appreciate, I know um, uh, another friend and coworker of ours, uh, Chris Martin. He is he's great at like thinking through social media strategy, content strategy, things like this, and. 
I love the fact that on his phone he's got a sticker that is that says that says social media is bad for your health. That's awesome. It's great um, because it's there's an awareness that has to be there, and and I think that's uh, that's really encouraging for me to hear that it's like that um, engaging with Barry's work seems to help is helping you process through that that whole how do I be a human when so much of and a real human being when so much of my professional life and the way the world is going is forcing me into this um, this world of pixels mm-hmm. where humanity is effectively erased yeah which is what we see going on on Twitter yeah oh yeah I mean the fact that yeah, most people live most of their waking days in front of a screen. Yeah. And I'm I'm no different in a lot of way. I try not to, you mm-hmm. know, at times when I don't have to for work. Um, but it, it, we, we 2019 is a weird time, guys. Like It is. We all have these little screens in front of us that connect us to everyone around the world. And we don't know people who live near us. We don't know where our food comes from. We don't know where our products come from. We you know, like for the most part have ceded a lot of power to corporations. We've ceded a, a lot of our life. I and mean, this is not like saying I don't, this is saying like, this is, this is my reality. Like, and, and, and realizing that like life is more than that. And those things won't get you where you want to go in life. Right. Um, and I think, you know, the church too is, um, you know, a lot of, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say the church, it's a lot of people, but you right. know, like I, what I've seen a good amount of, um, in my local community and elsewhere, um, and online in particular, uh, is that there's a lot of the church can, a lot of people in the church will like separate themselves from that and think and spend a lot of time thinking spiritually and not a lot of times thinking about the world and the, that's me banging on the desk, um, the physical realities and what they're buying and what they're doing and why they're doing it. And so Barry is just a nice course correction. I think he's a guy that, um, that he, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say he's a guy who, you know, Lifeway is probably going to publish something by, mm-hmm. but he's a guy who I think understands the spiritual world and understands the gospel and understands Jesus um, and the appeal, but he also understands the lack of appeal, you know, and he understands yeah. um, how important it is to really be present in the world. And I think that's that's something that's been really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um Winterberry has, you know, if you if you're gonna read any of his books, they can feel a little slow sometimes. You read Hannah Coulter, right? Yeah, um, which felt a little slow. It's a little, yeah. So there, there's there's a, most of his books, including Jaber Crow. There's some elements like not a lot happens beyond life continuing. Oh, I love right. it. But but it's a jam. But now I know it's your jam. I know it is. So I, there's some people who would say, "Gosh, like it's just boring. I don't get it." I understand that. I'm not going to be one of those who's going to be elitist and say, no, you have to, you know, read this. You don't understand. You know, it's always sometimes as an author, it just doesn't connect with you. I mm-hmm. don't expect Wendell Berry to connect with every person. No. It's not, uh, there's not a lot of action. And when there is, it's really subtle. Um, but it's things like, uh, uh, it's funny, I, I think, Nick, I may have texted this to you when I was reading Hannah Coulter because I'm curious if you remember this part. Okay. But it's one of my favorite because I'll do the quick step. Hannah Coulter, it's just, Another normal person who live in this town of Port William on the membership, and she 
is struggling to raise a family. She has a first husband who's killed during World War II, and then she marries another honorable man, Nathan Coulter. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another book about him, too. Um, no, there's books about everyone, essentially, in town. Uh, not really, but almost at this point. I wish there were more. Yeah. Well, Come on, about Wendell. ten of them? But, <laughs> seven, seven novels and 43 ports. Stories, but who's counting? Oh, gosh, I might be wrong on the 43. Okay. But I think it's 43 or 46. Man, all right. Okay. So I read four of the novels and some of the short stories. Okay. Maybe it's think fine. about that. It's fine. Well, there's this there's this time where so, you know, she's grown up. She has her new husband, Nathan, and um, her baby from her first marriage from the husband who passed away. Um, her name is Margaret, and she's grown up now. And this is a scene where Margaret, the daughter, um, comes and tells basically Henry that her husband – has been cheating on her and is leaving her for another woman. And this is kind of, this is Hannah's response. She says, this isn't first person, by the way, of Hannah Coulter. Um, said, one night I said to Nathan, what are we going to be, just a bunch of livestock? Are these men just going to breed from one to the next like buck sheep? And in my anger, I thought he might offer some kind of apology for the nature of men or even better, defend it. I was ready for a fight. I was mad. But of course, he didn't do either one. He was reading the paper, and for maybe a minute, he went on reading it. And then he laid it on his lap, unfolded up, and looked straight at me the way he would do. And he said, that would take a world of time and trouble, Hannah, but it would have been better for Marcus, by the way, who's the guy who cheated on her. It would have been better if Marcus had just been tired her at night. I love the simplicity of lessons. Um, I love that at the end of the day, Port William is about good old-fashioned hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, honorable living, uh, not perfect people, but this because because Nathan lacks some emotion here in times. Oh, I think he's we can deeply, that. deeply traumatized <laughs> yeah, yeah. by his experience in World War II. A- absolutely, when you go into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much to go. So you learn more about like why he'd respond that way, but and, and that's just a selection among many kind of poignant scenes. It is not again action packed, but what it is is it's full of just. Uh, deep moments like that that are just, I mean, I remember weeping during some of these scenes. I know. Aaron's yeah. like, what the heck is wrong with you guys? I know. It's fine. It, it it's doesn't. Fine. It's fine. I mean, I I feel feelings too sometimes. It's, it's fine. Anger. We, we all do hunger. Every now and then. Hunger. Oh, Rage. Uh, <laughs> Thirst. Thirst. <laughs> I'm thirsty in here. It's really hot. It's, it's really, really hot. hot. It's a hot box. I feel heat. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a the malcontents hot box. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I, it, I don't think Wendell Berry, is, his <clears throat> writing is given to a plain reading. You know? Like, yes. I don't I don't think you can read Wendell Berry and say, I'm just going to see what this story is about. Like, there is – when you mm-hmm. go in, you've kind of got to allow yourself the mental space to think about what's happening beyond mm-hmm. what's being said and sort of allowing yourself to see metaphors and put things together. Um, I think it's something that is really, is really enjoyable to, to just sort of sit and think up, mm-hmm. think about. Um, whereas, you know, a, 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 some authors that I like, I like some, some intense stuff. Cormac McCarthy is great, but like you read blood of Meridian, a lot happens very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are things where you kind of need to buckle up and you're like, oh, man, like you you really can't like sit and simmer on something. I mean, there are people who like McCarthy who would argue you can. I think All the Pretty Horses is an example. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, I digress. Wendell Berry is something that like there's so much going on in this. Like if, you, if there was more action, it would almost take away from sort of the humanness. And I think that's something I, when I read Wendell Berry, I spend a lot of time thinking about what it means to be a person. Um, 
so it's really a good um, a good vehicle to just figure out like what what is good and what isn't good. Mm. And I don't think I agree with Wendell Berry on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'd be hard pressed to find things I would adamantly disagree with, or things that if we had a debate he wouldn't win. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but wow. but but I do think that like he makes a lot of points that are deeper than just like you're saying, like it's there's, there's so much to unpack in what you just read about the nature of work and the nature of faithfulness and people and what it means to like, what is good and right in the world and what we think is good and right. And, and, um, and I think that's a really modern condition. So I think it's really, it's really great. Um, yeah, I, I do say Aaron, I, I, if I can recommend you start somewhere mm-hmm. um, or continue going. And My favorite. Before you say that too, what would you also say to someone just before they've read any sort of, so he's already read something. You've read so, something. Yes. So if they never expend some, you know, you don't want someone like getting 10 pages in and be like, what, what, there's nothing happening. You know, what is yeah. going on? You know, what would you, what do you tell someone going into Windowberry mm-hmm. to say, I want you to stick through the 200 pages or whatever it is. Most of them actually aren't that long. They're not super long. No. I mean, it, that's tricky, man. Like, it depends on where you're at as a person. Like, maybe the short stories are going to be a good place to start. Like, read a short story. He has collections of short stories that are all great. Um, yeah. Some of my favorites are one called Fidelity. Um, and then there's one. It's a really short story story called A John Quill from Mary Penn mm-hmm. um, that I think is just, like, I think anybody could read both of those and just get thumped in the chest, mm-hmm. you know? Um so start with the short story. Um, cool. If you're a he- if you're heady, if you're a heady dude, um, his essays are, are worth a read. I mean, mm-hmm. this dude, this dude can quote the classics. This dude is is well read. Nice. Um, Where do you start if you're going to read something on the Port read, William read, membership? Oh, I, well, I was going to say read the Unsettling of America if you're going to read his oh. essays. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't care about agriculture, you will at the end. Um, <laughs> and the importance of sustainable small-scale farming, especially in the world we live in today with climate change and everything going on. Uh, can I say that? Yeah. Sure, why not? <laughs> okay. um, we allow all opinions. Yeah, he he may fine. bleep that out. Even wrong ones. I'll, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll stand on anyone's coffee table and talk, talk about climate change. But, sure. Um, but if you're reading the Port William membership and you're, you're brand new, just starting out, um, I think Nathan Coulter, it's his first book. Yeah. Um, it's short. It's about kids, and I think books about kids are endlessly fascinating, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when they're well-written, is a great place to start. For you, Aaron and Dave, I think your next read, you need to read A Place on Earth. It's Mm. it's his opus. It's the best thing he's ever written in fiction. I I love Jaber Crow. I'm rereading Jaber Crow right now. Um, But, man, you got to read A Place on Earth. Some of the best – there is about four pages in that book towards the end – takes place um, in and around um, the summer of 1945. Yeah. Or the season. The, I think it starts in the, the like, March and goes through, like, August. But there's a uh, there's a passage about when World War II is ending. Yeah. And there's this, this section, um, which when you get to it, you'll, you'll know, that I think is some of the best writing I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I, that's hard to say. I don't. I'm not. I don't. I'm not given to hyperbole in that way with saying something is the best. But I go back to it um, very, very regularly. So nice. it's worth a read. Okay. Okay. Cool. And um, real quick, I'm assuming that the best way that you would recommend people read Wendell Berry 
is with a physical book, not any alternative medium or. Okay, guys, we're going to talk for a second. Okay. Alternative medium? You don't. Re- you read a book on paper. Coming from the digital guy, you that's read what's so a funny book about this. I on paper, I I run a digital advertising agency. You do not read a book on a Kindle. You don't do it. Don't do it, guys. It's why? Like, let me tell you why I don't think you can read a book on a Kindle. Because so I we think should cut down trees in northern uh, Kentucky so we can actually, have paper. Actually, Wendell, Wendell Berry <laughs> talks a lot about sustainable forestry. It's actually okay. there is a way okay. to do right, anyway. Right. Yeah. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. I will. But right, we're going to talk for a right, second. Hippie guy. We're going <laughs> to talk for a second about the way your brain processes information on a screen versus the way your brain processes information on a book. The way you remember on a book, you actually remember physically the, the weight and where you're holding. Have you ever taken a book and been like, oh, like that you've read mm-hmm. like two years ago and you flip open and you know where in a book something is. Yep. You can't do that on an e-reader. So if you're going to, if you're going to. Well, that's what bookmarks are for on an e-reader. Well, no, 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 no. But it's a different, <laughs> it's not using your body. That's it's true. Not using that's the, true. You're not so using your brain. If you're going to read on an e-reader, which uh-huh. I guess it's fine, whatever. I, I'm sure I'll get comments, but it's fine. <laughs> you can do it. Don't do Wendell Berry on it. Yeah. And I would argue don't do anything that is like really, um, really heady. Like mm-hmm. maybe read Jack Reacher on a on an e-reader or, you know, but like if you're going to read like if you're going to read the Russians, don't read the Russians on an e-reader. Mm. You know, if you're going to read, um, you know, early American, you know, like. Thoreau. Don't read Thoreau on an e-reader, which, by the way, Thoreau annoys me. I didn't get to talk about Thoreau. <laughs> That's okay. We'll do that another but, time. Um, but yeah, so yeah. I would say do paper. Okay. There you go. Now, you mentioned Jack Reacher, um, so that's a, that's as good a segue as we're going to get. Um, Nick, as our guest, you have the honor of choosing to punch someone, something, somewhere, somehow, right in the face as our Jack Reacher Sucker Punch of the Week. Jack Reacher, Sucker Punch of the Week. Who That's right. Who am I going to punch? So you made a strong case for punching audio, for pun- punching ebooks in general. Um, I've, but, got, I've got a better one. I want to okay. personify. I don't want to punch a concept. Jeff Bezos? I want to punch Jeff Bezos in the Ooh. face. I want to punch. I want to punch. I know that he's he's been working out, and he might be able to beat me up. Aaron just bought a cookbook on Amazon. <laughs> While we were talking. <laughs> right. um, also, hey, we, also, all of the titles that we are talking about today are available on Amazon, and we love it if you or click at your local library. Or at your those local library. Or at your local library. Yes. And that's www.amazon.com. Mm, that's right. There I'm coming go. for you, Jeff. Nice. Nice. Well done. That's a good, that's a good choice. All right. Uh, so last question uh, for our show. What are we reading, gentlemen? All right. Uh, this is Dave. Yes. I'm back. Uh, Welcome back, Dave. Hi, Dave. I don't know you where went I back went. on vacation. Were you? I was back in. <laughs> you're back at the Redneck Riviera. <laughs> back there, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what I was reading there. How about that? Okay. I was reading a yeah. book called Dark Matter by Blake Couch. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Crouch. I almost said couch. Couch. Crouch. Blake Crouch. Um, how do I explain it? Um, it was recommended sci-fi. Now, remember we talked about defining sci-fi versus. Yes. So uh, science fiction versus science fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, give me what, what's the biggest stuff? It's oh, science gosh. fiction. Yeah, I'm yeah, just going to call yeah. it that. So yeah. you know, it's very much. Uh, uh, Again, people can go back and Neil listen to the Tyson. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was good, but uh, it's uh, it's so hard to explain. It's a it's really okay. good book. Good. That's all we need. That's it's, all we need. It's all about um, different realities in 
that a, a scientist lives through uh, based on experiments he does. Nice. So yeah. I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. But it's really good. It was recommended by... Uh, it's funny, my daughter's fourth grade teacher, who's a huge science fiction fan. We talk books all Love the time. It. Will Mitchell, he is a yep. uh, fan of the podcast. Shout out, and Will. so, what's up, Will? Will and I, uh, I said, yeah, I said, Aaron would love to have a more extended conversation. But I said, hey, keep throwing me stuff. So this is one. So it was great. There we go. So Love it. Mind blown. All right. How uh, how many can I, how many books Whatever. can I talk about? Okay. Start with one. Try, g- give me your definitive so one. So I, I, you already mentioned Jaber Crow. I'm a, I'm a, read a lot of books at a time kind mm-hmm. of dude I'm I think I've got like eight that I'm currently in the middle of um, so I'll talk about one I just finished that I actually I reread it for like the second third time um, so it's a book called Invisible Republic by uh, Grail Marcus so Grail Marcus is um, a rock and roll critic he's been writing for Village Voice and the Rolling Stone since the 70s I mean he was an early 60s um, he was an early uh commentator on Bob Dylan and punk rock. Um, and so this, um, in Elvis, like he's, he's in my opinion, the greatest music critic who's ever lived. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he wrote a book on, um, it's comp, it, it's it kind of revolves around the basement tapes that Bob Dylan and the band made in the 67 mm-hmm. in Woodstock. Um, and, uh, but it kind of, it takes that, what was created there in this sort of moment in history and connects it to, early American blues and country to Jonathan Edwards to, um, you know, political moments to the subconscious to and creates these sort of like sort of subconscious sort of like connections between all of these things that um, is just really incredible. If you're if you're a big, big music head, especially if you're a big Bob Dylan fan, Mm. Um, the the appendix is worth the price of the book alone just for all of the different records and books and articles and recommendations. It's awesome. Nice. Um, really awesome. Um, and then last thing that I'm reading really quick is, um, oh, geez, what is it called? Midnight Rising by the very late Tony Horowitz about um, John Brown. So the uh, um, civil rights I've advocate yeah. and, um, you know, um, abolitionist and just personal hero of mine. It's just a great um, really kind of, color commentary and narrative of his life that's really uh, moving and really well written as anything Horowitz does is. Great. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Well, the book I'm working on right now is The Bookshop of Yesterdays by Amy Meyerson. And so it's one part mystery, one part dramedy um, about a uh, 28-year-old woman who gets uh, whose uncle, who she hasn't seen since she was 12, when um, her uncle and mother had a falling out um, she gets a he he dies and he leaves her his bookstore hmm. as as her inheritance and so there's there's all kinds of stuff that are happening in this book it's really really interesting so far it's got it's got some content, content. Uh, so far no scenes which is which is good it's got some language like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's good okay no scenes. good no but, scenes. uh but it's but it's quality stuff i'm enjoying it. it's a it's a breezy read um which is a nice um nice way to cleanse my emotional palate from <laughs> pat from conroy San, from <laughs> yeah so uh, before i can go back in and and Try something else. Um, all right. So, uh, Nick, thanks for joining us for this thanks, show. Guys. This, this is a lot of fun. fun. Sorry about my went off on some rants, but I know that's just what happens. That's you what know, we, we do. Every Wendell Berry fan does this. That's what I've noticed. So that's a compliment, <laughs> but it's also like 
Dang, man. Uh, you're, you're, you're doing it. I That's like right. it. Kept, I, I like kept, it. Kept going with it. I love right. it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, listeners, thanks for hanging out with us today. Um, make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review that we can share as entertainment for the rest of you. Share publicly. That's, That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, you're putting it in a public yeah. medium, so we can do what we want with it. Good point. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And, and Podcast public. That's there right. There you go. As a digital marketer, I will say that rating and reviewing is the absolute best thing you can do if you want a podcast to keep ongoing because lifeway will shut this down really quick if we don't get enough reviews that's true that's true and they don't even they don't even officially endorse this show. i know they, they don't, don't. So, they're, they're yeah. gonna come in and kick down the doors and no jurisdiction <laughs> that's so it. if you don't rate and review bad things are gonna happen that's right that's right that's uh that's a think that's some good marketing right there well done nick that's why you're great at your job yeah <laughs> you you terrify people into doing something absolutely all right uh so yeah so thanks for for listening and we will catch you later bye This is an area code podcast.